fucking dare Jeff Goldblum be so fucking sexy in this movie? <laughs> like, uh, how fucking dare he? Uh, I mean, obviously, before the gross makeup, like, he was just, like, some grade-age shit, you know? Like, pure, like, just deliciousness. Really? What oh, is it? What is it? Yeah. The hair, the nose? What is it? I mean, I obviously don't understand it. So Jeff Goldblum. Well, you know, I think it's like an inner confidence. I, I, I no, I like him as a as a person, but I'm not like I don't find him sexy or whatever you're saying. Like I wouldn't put him in like what's my I wouldn't put him in my thought box for thought boxing, but nice. He's nice for looking at in general, and he's like the kind of guy you kind of just want to hang out with and just like be around i don't know he's just ugh. i mean know? in this particular movie because he is so young and his hair is so um it's big so and everything long. i, I really felt like he did look kind of nerdy you know and that's you know he's a that's he's, kind of his thing sure that kind of his appeal anyway kind of like but it wasn't really like the popular Stanley thing Tucci? it wasn't uh, the popular thing back then to be a nerd um i liked nerds back then in 1986 i was four I liked nerds then. Delicious candy. Purple and pink. Yeah, I think we all had some of those when we were young. <laughs> um, no, I get it. So, you know, yes, you uh, you have a big thing for Jeff Goldblum. Apparently. Yeah, tell us more. He has this luxurious hair. In this movie. He's at his prime. He's shirtless for much of the movie. And it's just like... Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> they give you the best and worst because he transforms into this Mucus-y. hideous, yeah, thing creature. Thing creature. Ugh, so gross. Doesn't really resemble that much of a fly in transition. But maybe like larva, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think they did a good job with the special effects for sure. Well, welcome back. We are talking about the fly. Yeah. Specifically, 1986's david cronenberg's the fly starring gina davis who was equally as hot equally as fucking hot and motherfucking jeff goldblum right right now this This is pre jurassic park like posing like with a shirt off in a very suave fashion where he was the heartthrob because he was like the rock star scientist right you really have a thing for jeff goldblum listen shut up (laughs) (laughs) oh independence day oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of uh um jeff goldblum isms in independence day that i really bring into everyday life i i i dig him yes I, i i guess one can say i dig him i dig him a lot yeah well i guess i will put him in my thought box nice Put him in your thought box for your thought box. <laughs> for my thought boxing. <laughs> um, I, you know, we we should probably also say that we ended up watching the original one as well with Absolutely. Vincent Price, which, 1958, you know. The Fly, directed by Kurt Newman, starring a few other people and, and Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. <laughs> which I didn't know. Until we watched The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, and then I went back and looked. I already knew that there was a fly like that existed from the 50s or whatever, but I did not know that Vincent Price was in it. So that was a, a, a nice little treat there. Uh, pl- yeah, well, he wasn't the lead character. Right, they played different characters yeah. in a sense, for sure. But so Vincent Price movies that, you know, that are in my Vincent Price box set are not, like, doesn't have The Fly, but... 
Maybe because he's not the lead character mm-hmm. in it. Well, he's the lead in the second one. They made a part two, I, I found out as well. The Return of the Fly that came out the next year. And funny enough, that one's in black and white, but the, the first one was in color. Correct. That's why a lot of people feel like The Fly from 1958 was in fact in black and white, but it wasn't. It was specifically in color. Mm-hmm. And people might have thought that it was in black and white because there were a lot of black and white televisions then. Right, right. Interesting. But um, anyway, we watched the 1986 Cronenberg version first, and this was the first time for me ever seeing the movie. Obviously, I, I know of, you know, the movie itself, and specifically the, the fly, um, some of the fly makeup scenes I've seen, you know, in snippets yeah. and, you know, documentaries or whatever. But this is my first time really sitting through and watching the whole movie, and right. uh, I so did enjoy it. You did? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So just really quick, the synopsis is for 1986, The Fly. Um, There's a scientist who's trying to develop teleportation, accidentally gets um, some fucked upness in that he teleports with a fly and and their atoms fuse together and you get a fly man and a man fly. Fly man and a man fly. Yeah, we didn't get to see and a the, lot of the, fuckery happens. We didn't get to see the fly man. No, wait, the man fly in the '86, right? I don't think I remember seeing a bi a bi a fly with a, a tie. Bi fly. <laughs> bi fly with a tie. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember seeing that either. That would have been funny. I thought actually when we saw it, and are we gonna switch back and forth between both movies? So. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, so then the 1958, The Fly, it's the scientists doing the same kind of thing, except the 1986, the Cronenberg Fly, the Jeff Goldblum Fly, was a lot hornier of a movie than the Vincent mm-hmm. Price Fly. Yeah, it yeah. was like a horn fest, like yeah. Horny McHornington. Yeah. Gross. He was uh, a lot of a lot of sleeping around. Try, you know, he was he went literally to just find a, a girl to use to t- teleport well, as an experiment. Nineteen eighty six, the fly opens up with him hitting on a girl that he didn't know was a reporter. Mm-hmm. Brought her back to his place, nerded right. out a little bit about a teleportation, and suddenly they are a pair. Yeah. Um, in the fifty eight fly, yeah, the fifty eight fly. It's this guy. Uh, what was his name? Andre. Andre. Andre, Andre, the names were really funny. Delambre. In the very in the first one, because uh, obviously They're it was French Canadian, apparently. Yeah, French Canadian. We found out when we saw the Montreal signs. Yeah, at the very <laughs> at the end very of the end. movie, um, Andre Delambre was a scientist who is the brother of the Vincent Price character Francois, mm-hmm. and they are. Um, Wealthy beyond belief. Yeah. And so these are side projects for them. Yeah. I think that the uh, the core of the movie is the, basically, you know, the same. Like, they did what they needed to do. They had this first version, and the idea of it is the teleportation went wrong. Mm-hmm. The same thing that happens. All they just, you know, they didn't want to turn it into the whole, like, well, it's my brother's sister kind of story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the 1958 The Fly... Vincent Price's character is in love with his brother's wife, and there's a whole thing going on yeah, there. Yeah. But in The Fly, Gina Davis has an ex, kind of, her ex is her boss, and he's a fucking creepo. Yeah. He's, so he's let's a talk disgusting about, man. Let's his talk name about Stathis Borans. I didn't catch Stathis the names. Borans. I didn't catch the names. 
But let's talk about the 86 version for a, a minute, especially like you said, the opening scene is was pretty much him fest. hitting on her and getting her to go back to his place to check out his experiments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby, you want to come check out my experiments? <laughs> and in that first <laughs> no. one, don't they? D- doesn't well, it go wrong? Isn't that the one where the baboon gets fried or whatever? I think in the first one, I think he does like a plant or something. And then oh, only right, later right. on does he do the baboon that explodes like okay. a burrito in the microwave. Okay, yeah, 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 right. So he takes her back to his place and is talking about how he's working on something that will change the world. Um, but actually, she takes him back to his place because he doesn't have a car. Right, he's just like straight pimping. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't have a car because he suffers from severe motion sickness, which might be the catalyst to why he wants to avoid uh, traveling anywhere that's not walking. So the teleportation is his thing. Oh, you know what he does? He takes her stocking. Okay, that's and, right. And that's it was the stocking. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um the teleportation idea, you know, at that time in the 80s as well, that's sort of like one of those things that we haven't gotten yet. But a lot of other things, like the way we're able to video chat and do, you know, a lot of like, well, I don't know, Wi-Fi. Just, we're well, living in the future now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. But I get why teleportation can't happen. We're irresponsible now. <laughs> like, can you can you imagine somebody saying, oh, I'll be back. I'm going to teleport to the restaurant or whatever. And that person 100% checks to see if there are any flies in the, in the thing before, in the pod before getting uh, transferred over. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And if, if somebody is trying to transport like veg or something, because they talk in the first one, they talked about being able to uh, teleport food for there's a surplus to where people need it. But if you're talking about vegetables or something, there's always something living in the vegetables. Like, oh, right. You like know, little so, parasites. And yeah. Shit. Like, you're, what are you actually going to get? So if it was if it was a thing, let's say, I don't see how they would implement it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, I mean, one could say that microscopic organisms probably live on our body already. So the whole theory gets debunked. I mean, we'd be fusing with <laughs> it's all fucked of that. before yeah. it started. Well, wow. what I found interesting was that he was saying that he uses. So she's asking him about how he's how he's built his lab or whatever because it's all this like top secret stuff. He just brings some girl to. Okay, that that sounds right. Uh, anyway, he brings contractors to help to build each specific part, so nobody knows what the hole is. That's what H. H. Holmes did. Oh, oh, really? He brought that's contractors he to work on different places, uh, parts of his parts house. Of, yeah, so and he, that's why nobody could, nobody was, thought anything was happening until yeah, they figured him out. They, they built all those extra doors that mm-hmm. you know, dungeon traps and all that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she has her boss is like, no, you know, like okay, so she's talking to him about okay, well, let's. Uh, she like recorded everything, and he's like, "No, no, no! I didn't realize you were a reporter, or whatever." But she, she like left. She's like, "I got what I needed, right?" Right. Yeah. She and so was... she pitches the story to her boss, who is like, I guess the he's in charge at whatever Scientific America kind of newspaper they have, and he's a fucking creep. And they used to be together or something, but he's still <laughs> a creep anyway. Like he's fucking like HR's worst nightmare. 
Um, he shows up. Uh, sorry, Jeff Goldblum's character, whose name is um, Sporky McCrying Face. No, his name is uh, Brundle something. Seth the, Brundle. That's yeah. what it was. They Seth, talk about the Brundle fly or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Seth Brundle shows up to her office and tries to convince her. Takes her for a cheeseburger. Tries to convince her not to do it, and then finally says, "Fine, just don't print it yet." You work with me, and we'll break the story together. Right. Fine. No problem. Um, he can only, at this point, transport inanimate objects. Um, and she's like, okay, cool. I get that. I will be able to make money off of this. I'll be able to make a name for myself off of this. I'm sticking with this guy, right? Um, but there's there's a couple things, right? He, Seth Brundle? I think so. Brundle? I don't know. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to research it. We're just going to call him Brundle. I'll call him Seth. Okay. Because I, I might say Grundle. Grundle? <laughs> What's Grundle? Uh, I forgot. I'd have to look it up. What's a Grundle? Sounds dirty. Grundle. <laughs> Meaning. Let's see. Grundle. <laughs> yeah, read it. What is it? The perineum, perineum, the area between the anus and the genitals. <laughs> it's called the grundle. I thought it was a taint. Oh, yeah, I guess taint and grundle. Yeah, okay, so grunt, <laughs> Seth. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, So Seth is like falling for this girl, whatever throughout the movie and i thought it was very sweet although when he finally teleports himself he becomes like a huge horn dog and wants to constantly have sex and when he does he teleport gets, like, himself powers. he's like he, juiced he says it's up like refreshing he says yeah. it's like i've recharged myself it's probably the best he's ever felt in his whole life it was <laughs> it was and at that point he hadn't fucked up with the fly yet yeah he I was know. he was still you know doing whatever i think Speaking um, of which, there's a fucking fly flying around here in the room. Well, I know our audio listeners can't see us right now, but if you could, funny enough, there's a tiny little fly flying around the but room. But I'm not going to teleport myself, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine for now. Um, anyway, I just... They, they were having lots of sex is what it is. And to the point where she's exhausted and she's like, I can't. At some one point, he's like, "Fine, I'll find somebody who can and bring some fucking pussy yeah, home." Yeah, but not before betting on a betting against a guy at a bar that he would beat him in arm wrestling for the girl as the prize. I know, and breaks his arm. It was so straightforward too. He just walked up to him and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna beat you for arm in arm wrestling," and she's coming with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's, yeah, he was just like Superman, and and uh, I, it makes sense if you felt that way, and you he, he probably never felt that way ever before in his life. You know, that was the right. best high he's ever been on. And I feel like so it's it's supposed to be emotional because you know they're falling for each other, but now this animalistic instinct of just reproduce, reproduce, reproduce is come kicking in for him, which Gina Davis's character does not appreciate. Um, because she's falling for him too. Well, like, he was brought home that woman because he also wanted to teleport her, right? Because she, yeah. uh, Gina, Gina Davis, Davis didn't want to do, want to do that, yeah. right? Yep. But we don't know that she's actually pregnant. 
Oh, the the girl. Gina Davis. The, oh, Gina Davis. So that very first time. She doesn't know she's pregnant either. But it's his. Obviously. So that means that first time they, you know, just. Well, we don't know when she got they pregnant. They got lucky or unlucky. Well, what do you mean? How many times did they do it before then? I don't know. Quite often. I'm just running through this really quickly because it's a great movie and I want people to watch it. So I don't want to give too much away because even if you've watched it before, you're going to find new things on this one. So I just want to give like a kind of broad strokes and strokes and broads. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. But I do appreciate a lot of things in their romance, right? They have open communication. They talk about things up until he gets, he teleports himself with a fly. He's kind of a cool dude. And she, considering she's leaving this fucking asshole who she sh- she goes home one day and then suddenly he's in her shower, you know, from that guy to the Jeff Goldblum character, Seth, it's night and day. So I'm very happy for her at this point. She's right. doing better. She's, you know, enjoying her life and advancing her career at the same time. It's like a win-win here, <laughs> right? Um, but I do appreciate those. Um, but they do have something creepy. Like they both have their eyes open and look at each other when they make out, which is weird. Um, I found that was weird. I don't think I really noticed that, but I don't know. I, I believe you. I'm sure it happened. The transition was pretty cool, though. Like um, between him being a man to him being a man fly, because it was very subtle at first. Like he was getting like those little insect hairs on his back mm-hmm. and... Um, and then he was developing a taste for sugar. And those were very subtle and, but very subtle, but you know. She took one of those hairs from his back and got it examined later on, right? Yeah. 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 And she found out it was like an insect hair, mm-hmm. but it was literally growing out of his back because she cut it and then it grew back. It's kind of gross. I know guys are hairy, but like, ew. <laughs> so the thicker the hair follicle, the nastier the hair. I think that's what it is, right? Yeah. I have this one in my beard. It's just occasionally, I think what it is, is it's like two hairs stuck in one, like, whole hair, uh, pore. Hair hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just, like, I pull it out with tweezers, and it doesn't come back for a while, but eventually But why it'll do you do back. it if you have a beard? Nobody notices. It's, like, weird. It, it's, like, it doesn't come out as two pieces of hair. It's you like ever a call going through a pod? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, a giant, thick hair follicle it's just nasty it's like i don't know it feels weird too in my face so i always just pull it out (laughs) well women as we get older we'll get darker hairs like sporadically on our chin like well i'll have like i don't say excuse me i haven't noticed great thanks but you saying it like that makes me highly aware that you have noticed fucker But I'll, I'll just sit there and you'll just pluck it out. I, I remember there was this girl when I was in middle school who would sit there with tweezers and like just do her whole thing because she had... In middle school? Yeah, because she had a lot of hair. That, that's, it's a hormonal imbalance and it's sucky. Yeah, but that's... I mean, to, to be pulling it out in school too is kind of nasty, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, um, she was a girl that we took her camping once because like, we used to go camping as a family. We took her with us camping once and her weave fell out when we were in the river and we took it and we went and put it underneath some towels and then went back to swimming, right? And then, lo and behold, my brother goes, Heidi, I'm going to use your towel, okay? And I'm like, okay. And then pulls it up and this oh, weave man. comes out, falls on the, into the sand. And then my brother, being the subtle motherfucker that he is, lifts it up in the air in front of everybody on the shore. Heidi, 
is this your hair? <laughs> oh, man, I've never seen anybody dive underwater so fast for so oh, long in my man. life. Poor girl. That's hilarious. So you guys, like, just took a girl from school, like, you, a friend. Like a friend, on, yeah. A, yeah, camping, a camping trip, trip yeah. That's you pretty would, cool. I mean. Yeah, we used, to, we, used to do that. we used to do a lot of cool stuff like that. Did you guys do, like, sleepovers occasionally, or that's just not really? We are not allowed to go to anybody's house. Yeah, but people more... could come here oh, because okay. we knew we were in pedophiles, but we didn't know that other people were yeah. or weren't. I think it was a very white people thing. I uh, think so, too. I had a lot of sleepovers when I was young for some reason. Uh, not so many at my house. I would love to go sleep over. That was, that was my saving grace of life was the sleepover. Because you guys had a very conservative household. Yeah. So the only way I could get out and, and have like a night of like freedom was a sleepover. So, I, my, you know, and, you know, we were so young. It was like us staying up all night playing video games and watching late night TV, you know. Um, and it was great. It was fun. It was so, so much fun. And I don't know, like, that was the thing. I never asked people to sleep over my house, but I would, anytime somebody asked me to sleep over theirs, I'd always be like, come on, please get to sleep over. Everybody <laughs> would ask me to sleep over and I, I would automatically be like, no, but you come to my house because I already knew that there was not, was not going to happen. I had a friend that we had been friends since kindergarten, maybe first grade. And we were already in high school and I had not spent the night at her house before. Yeah. Like we went one time to magic mountain and i think i got picked up that same night like midnight <laughs> when we got back That's yeah crazy crazy but yeah no I, I couldn't do that i also couldn't do like going to people's houses for group projects you know how you had to do that yeah i didn't we have didn't that we didn't have that my, my brother did my brother had a little bit more um that strict 80s upbringing you know <laughs> strict 80s. we were allowed to roam the streets on by ourselves, by ourselves and go outside. On bicycles and shit. Bicycles or all over the all over South Central, no problem. I mean, I wasn't in South Central, but I was riding my bicycle like crossing state lines and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, and, and we did, we we did have semi supervision, but you know, semi. But if we were on our bikes, nobody would. I, I'm, you know, nothing happened thankfully, but um, couldn't go to anybody's house. Yeah, I never wanted to bring people to my house. I mean, people would come to my house, but I didn't enjoy it. But I, I had a giant backyard at that time um, in Massachusetts. It was like a football field. Didn't it size. back into the woods? Yeah, exactly. So it was like a huge field and then woods behind it. And then there was a fence and a property line. And then we could jump that and keep going deeper into the woods into some like Blair Witch shit back there or whatever. But um it was it was uh it was fun having people come over and they would at you know we'd play sports mainly in the big field mm -hmm. backyard whatever mm -hmm. we you know but when i would go to my friends houses we could watch tv and play video games and see movies that my parents would never let me watch so well, that, that's i don't know why, why people would come it. to my house i know that some of my friends came because they had a crush on my brother mm -hmm. and i knew that <laughs> but i was like whatever but there wasn't anything like extra fun to do at our house because we didn't have cable we didn't have video game consoles. We didn't have like a pool. We didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. It was just little old me and I guess my brother. Yeah. Um, but we would do things like we'd go on a hike, or we'd go on a picnic, we'd go to a restaurant, stuff like that. But we didn't have like fun stuff to do. We did at one point build a fort in the backyard, like a little wooden house out in the back. Um, 
And at one point, I mean, and my brother, when his friends would come over, I'd play with them too because we were about the same age. Right. So we'd play like catch and stuff outside. Yeah, those are those are fun. But fun my times. house wasn't fun, I guess. We had a lot of books, but well, my house was was not like like it wasn't as bad. Like it almost got a little worse as as the years progressed. You know, like when I was younger, worse it was. How? Well, like what I mean is like my parents were always strict, but when I got in my like 10 to like 12, 14, 15 years old, you know, that age range, it was like they were more strict, you know what I mean? So earlier on, like we were sort of not, you know, under the whip as much as we were later on in life in certain aspects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I don't think that was the trend that we went through growing up um when we first you know my, my first memory of us being at the house because there was two my childhood was split in like almost to two it was there was double digits of us in a one-bedroom apartment before my grandparents and aunts and uncles moved to palm springs mm-hmm. um and that was phase one i want to say phase two was when we moved into the house and had like a quote normal upbringing for the most part um, but it was very, very strict for me and it stayed that way until I literally walked out the door. Right. As my mom was talking to me, I walked out the door and didn't come back. Yeah. So, um, I, I sorry to hear that. Did, eh, it happens. Yeah. Unfortunately for people. This is uh, a comedy podcast, but I don't, I don't know if it is. I'm just joking now, but <laughs> nobody thinks we're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So turns out. That these, um, so, okay, turns out that Gina Davis's character is knocked up and she's having these nightmares of giving birth to this larva um, because at this time, Jeff Goldblum's character starts to uh, mutate and it the, the whole thing is supposed to be a commentary on disease, right? Mm-hmm. It coincided with, you know, the AIDS epidemic and such, but... It was supposed to be a commentary on disease, specifically like like cancer and its treatments and how how much how human are we if we keep pumping ourselves full of chemicals for these treatments. Right. That's what the commentary was on. Right. So um, we see him kind of deteriorate and fall like his ears fall off, like his his teeth start falling off and behind his medicine cabinet, he keeps the museum of Seth, uh, Brundle. <laughs> I was going to say Grundle. Um, the, yeah, he has like his, his nose when it fell off. He yeah. His right. Ears yeah. When, it fell off. Like, when his ear stuff. fell off, that was a nice juicy scene. As you like to say, your favorite little juicy. word. It was, it was very it juicy. It was very moist. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that was crazy because when it did fall off, it was, it, it was like, I had never seen anything like that. It, it just. I don't know it, who did the special gooey. effects for this movie, but I think they were done very well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The the effects, I don't know. They, they seemed like they were practical effects and they were fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was crazy to see the transformation because it was also a slow transformation as opposed to like some of the werewolf movies we've watched recently or whatever. Yeah. So it was. Apparently after like after weeks, right? Because he chased away the Gina Davis character and because he brought this floozy home. 
Um, but also said, stay away from me because she still wanted to be there for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he noticed that his body was changing. He thought it was cancer at first. Um, but he just kept getting worse and worse. Like, he looked sticky all the time. His hair was getting gross. Like, such a beautiful, beautiful man became such a disgusting and <laughs> ugly monster. Yeah, I was going to say. And that is just like, the reality of life, isn't it, my dude? It, like, oh my gosh. It came from this just, mm, to like, ugh. Yeah, you go from, you know, him... You know, the movie progresses with him being... He was delicious and, uh, and then became rancid. Yeah. You get his little, like, uh, butt shot when he goes into the thing naked, Oh, right? yeah, Early booty, on. booty man, Mr. Booty man. And then next man. thing you know, it just goes downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, case in point, do not try to teleport yourself. Just walk. Like, it was across the room. <laughs> if they were to perfect it and it could happen, though, would you try it? It's like an no. elevator? Probably not. Like, you no. have the option, here's the stairs, here's the escalator, and here's the teleporter. And you can go up, like, 20 would, floors. Just Like, honestly, I would probably do the escalator because if it's 20 floors, I'm not walking up 20 floors. But I'm not doing the pod, like, teleportation. No, thank you. You don't think so? Because it, the, the science, the supposed science behind it is it's going to break all your atoms down and separate them. And then swoosh you a la Willy Wonka across the room. Yeah, I thought about Willy Wonka too the whole time. I was like, that's the whole, that's the same concept. (laughs) It's like teleport, not telephone. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can't send them back to make them bigger. Yeah. But, um, but what was I saying? Um, you're afraid about getting scrambled. Yeah. I would be, I would be afraid of getting scrambled. If if it was perfected and enough people, he got fused. Yeah. But you're talking about in the trial and error versions. Like what if (sighs) we get it to the point and they're like, Hey, get it to the point where your uh, atoms are not fusing. Let's look at it like this. Let's look at it like this. If you drive a vehicle right now, there's a chance you could get into a car accident and die, right? Yeah. And that's the risk we take driving wherever we go every single day. Same thing for airplanes and, and every mode of transportation. There's a risk of death. Right, but there's not an absolute 100% certainty that I'm going to be broken down at a molecular level <laughs> each time I do it. Like, it, like but if 100% recon- of the time, you will be vaporized 100% of the time. And even if it's 99% of the time you'll be reassembled correctly on the other end, no thanks. I don't like, know. I think I would do it. Even in, of course you I, would because you're do fucking trial, insane. I wouldn't do the trials, but if they got it and it was working and people were like, yo, man, I, I teleported today. I was over there. Okay. And like, Here's <laughs> why I wouldn't do it. Here's why I wouldn't do it. One, what the fuck? But two, and most importantly is... A fly, an ant, a cockroach, um, a worm, a caterpillar, a moth, anything could fly in, fly into the pod while you're walking in. It could be on your coat. Are you going to teleport yourself naked no. everywhere you go? Hold on, hold like, on, hold on. It could be anywhere on you. So would you have to do a sterilization in a sterile room? How often do those things happen? Let's, no, let, let's look at it like this. Let's say the rules of... No, yeah, they've got it to the point where they figured out the bugs, literally, 
And if a bug gets into the pod with you, all that happens is that you both teleport to the next location. You don't fuse together. So let's just hypothetically say that they've got it all down and it's working and enough people are doing it. And occasionally once every, you know, like you said, 99, 98% of the time, some shit happens and oopsie daisy, you know? But I mean, the rest of the time, I don't know. I'm just How saying. How big like, is the oopsie daisy? Because if the oopsie daisy <laughs> is, I'm going to turn into half of a fly. No, then I'm you're not just going gonna to teleport with the fly to wherever you're right, going. Right, but you said if there's that point one percent chance that the oopsie daisy is severe enough that I either come over just unassembled, or um, or I go in with my dog and suddenly I have paws, like. <laughs> I I don't think it's worth it. I will walk. Okay. <laughs> let's say it works. I'm just saying. So let's say it works. And you could do, teleport not just like up floors of like an escalator, but you could just go to like different cities or different locations. Where If it worked, where would you go if, the, if you weren't thinking about the whole particle breakdown part? I wouldn't. Because it's hard to think about I'm going to be broken down into – like basically the smallest amount that I possibly could be like an atom and atom by atom. What am I going to, how does it work? What does it go like in Willy Wonka where it's all these atoms up in the air and they travel on their own to the same place? What if somebody goes and blows my atoms out of That's out what of I'm the saying, current, though. if all or, that is perfected if, already, though. whether tunnels for at, for I'd rather do the tube from Futurama. Okay, all right, yeah, I don't know because I think how does that work? How do how does how does how would it possibly work? I I can't wrap my head around it, but like if it's the atoms, what if we're you could teleport atoms. like Raiden from Mortal Kombat? Like you just like I'd be traveling at the speed of light, <laughs> then I'm down. You're no problem. Like, because if I were like Raiden, I would be traveling at the speed of light. My body would be able to already handle that types of speed without so messing up my brain so and liquefying okay, me. You're okay with like the idea of being, I don't know, some sort lightning? of like lightning teleportation no, no, as no. opposed to if you particle were to breakdowns. Go, if you were to go that fast, you would die. <laughs> Unless you're in some kind of contraption or machine, right? You would fucking die. But if you were born as Raiden, as an example, okay. your body already knows that it can go that fast and is equipped to be able to go that fast. That's different, right? Mm -hmm. So that's exactly right. So I would be Raiden. I wouldn't be Jeff Goldblum. Okay, gotcha. Or Vincent Price's brother, who, by the way, had the more emotional movie. Like... The 1958 movie was so much more emotionally impactful for me than the 86 movie, even though I love Jeff Goldblum. And even though the Vincent Price character, Vincent Price in general, Vincent Price in general is one of my favorite actors of all time, he, he didn't play a part in that romance that I appreciated. I didn't. It's the most emotional movie because at the end of the day when 
Jeff Goldblum's character finds out she's pregnant and wants to get an abortion, he steals her life away from him. He essentially says, you can't get an abortion. This is the last bit of me that is alive. Therefore, you must sacrifice yourself and the possibility <laughs> that you're raising a monster and because I want to leave a hornball legacy. I fucked up, yeah, but I want you to pay the price for it. And and at the at the end of at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, she fucking ends up killing him because he wants her to. Because there's just no way. Yeah. Because in the final scene, he has teleported again and has become more and more consumed into his insect nest. Right. Versus 1958. What was the name of the uh, Andre? Andre is protecting his wife throughout his um his transition throughout all of it he's protecting her he's providing for her he's leaving it in a way where she's going to be impacted the least they already have a kid together sure but that oh that kid by the way was the little kid in 13 ghosts that we saw <laughs> i didn't what? Or maybe you didn't watch it no i don't know i don't yeah remember. you did we, well, i thought we did 13 a, ghosts was it 13 ghosts i don't remember I was trying to uh, say earlier about Vincent Price, though. I didn't find... I, I agree. I didn't find his character, uh, because he was sort of the side character, and just in general, like, it wasn't, like, his best movie. I'll tell you that much. No, no. You know? And that's why I think it wasn't on the box. I was surprised that I didn't have it. Yeah. But like, I, I get it. He was... um, He was a... What's it called? Like, a, just... Who's a, 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 a co-star, right? Co-star, was, Yeah. He was a part of the ensemble, But his also his character he played was very like meek. Yeah. Like you know how you were saying, Oh, it, it was uh him and they co- colluded <laughs> to get rid of the brother because they had it. That would have actually been a better storyline. <laughs> so here was my theory. You know how I have theories. Yeah. My theory yeah. on the nineteen fifty eight fly movie was Vincent Price was the bad guy the whole time because he was actually in love with Andre's wife. Yeah, which he was. Which he was. In the movie, he was. And he was basically raising that kid anyway because Andre was always in his laboratory. <laughs> and the wife was, uh, you know, a distant, just not give a shit about my kid wife. Right? Because she, she didn't spend any time with she the kid. She was like, well, that's because the most of the, the... Excuse me. I burped. I mean, I'm just saying in that time frame, you know, white people had servants. It's it's very similar to the way very rich people live nowadays. Where okay, their but kids whatever. So she was detached from him and he was basically raising their kid. Yeah. Her, the, his, raising his nephew. Um, and he was in love with the wife. So how do we know that... Vincent Price's character, Francois, did not sneak, like, did not know what was what he was, what his brother was up to because he knew about something about the experiments because he called Andre and was like, hey, that $200,000 worth of equipment just got here. Like, he's really going to be like, whatever. He wants to just buy it for him. I well, seriously he, he, doubt that. No, Without but he, having some kind of, uh, of some kind of, like... If I'm buying something for work, I best believe that there is a requirement for Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Well, he said he brings me the ideas and then or whatever, and then yeah. we make it. So happen. he should have that. So idea. he knew that the idea had to absolutely be in theory. So he knew that he knew he was getting close. He knew that his first. So in the 1986 first attempt at a live creature was a baboon who got microwaved, but this and that but, thing looked a lot like the thing. Uh, well, you know. The, uh, the special effects when it yeah. was flopping around. It reminded me of uh, the, of the, the thing. Uh, the thing, the movie, Carp- the thing. John Carpenter? Yeah, John Carpenter's yeah. thing, yeah. 
And then, um, but then in the 1958 movie, they had a family cat that he tried and it disappeared into the ethers. Fucking boy. That's what you're afraid of. Atomized and it got stuck. And my concern was, you know, if it would have been easy, if it would have been like, oh, the cat died, but the cat still meowed <laughs> somewhere in the ether. So that means that cat's conscious consciousness is still alive somewhere. So this poor cat is in millions of pieces somewhere just floating around the universe. It's not dead. Anyway. That's what you're so afraid he know- of. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid yeah, of. That's your so st- he knows. I'm afraid of not dying. <laughs> you're afraid of getting stuck and just floating around stuck. in particle land. Look, I'm not great with commitments. <laughs> But um, but the but I'm thinking he knew about the experiments and he was like this motherfucker. I have a way to get his wife. I just gotta get rid of my brother, and um, found a way to plant the spider. I'm spider. Shit, shit, shit. Fly. The name of the fucking movie, Heidi. Well, the, <laughs> plant the-, the fly, or or even a larva in it when he delivered the thing, so that it. It uh, emerged as a fly by the time his brother went to do it or whatever, mm-hmm. or even snuck it in because at the end of the movie, what is the ending scene? The ending scene of the 1958 fly is a happy family walking to go to the zoo. It's Vincent Price's character is the wife and it's the little kid. The end, mission yeah. accomplished. <laughs> but that was also sort of the template of how movies and cartoons ended back then. You know, it was like whatever. It's my theory, bro. I, but your theory, <laughs> your theory is not necessarily wrong at all. Um, I'm just saying it could happen. Yeah, especially since the Vincent Price character figured out a way to make to av- avoid having the wife go to jail for murder because the movie starts with the brother being dead. He got compressed into the sheet metal. Uh, yeah. uh, press and um, is dead. So unrecognizable. So he was. Uh, it, it was funny because he again, was this is a, to a, death. yeah. They showed like the blood. It was very like gory. They for showed the, the time, blood, but they say. didn't show like the face the or up anything. Close, yeah. 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 But I was thinking about how like you know, nineteen sixties is sort of when we got a, some of the uh, uh, HGL movies, right? Mm-hmm. So. And this one was, a, and it, it was a very shocking shot or scene. You yeah, know, because you don't expect moment. it, and right. you don't expect him to go back and 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 walk you through how he got killed. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. And there was very, the, you know, the old one had the theme of the fly in the opening credits. There's you hear the buzzing, you see like uh, a fly coming out of like a piece of uh, broken. You know, fen- uh, not fencing. What am I thinking of? Uh, screen. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that, that very well. The first fly, I think, was done very well. Um, the first fly, nineteen fifty. Nineteen fifty eight. Yeah, it was a good movie. It, I think they're both fantastic movies, and yeah. obviously, the reason why Cronenberg or they decide to redo it in eighty six is because the original one um, definitely made a mark. You know. Um, but the one thing they didn't transition between the two is the old original has this thing where the fly also had like the head, head of a human. And well, was, I don't know. Did they? Yeah. Well, we saw the face was attached to the fly. Yeah, no, in the, in, in the 1958 one, one, yes. But the, not in the Cronenberg one. I, I don't thought think. they did. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember seeing it. 
I also thought the special effects in the 1958 version were really good for 1950. For even now, some of the movies in the 80s and shit, special effects suck more than what they were able to pull <laughs> off in that 58 fucking version of the The plot. 1958 uh, laboratory scene reminded me of Rocky Horror Picture Show's laboratory scene where Tim Curry is just pouring colors into a vat where there's a dude in a like mummified dude. I don't remember that well. I, I watched the movie once in my life. Um, Sucks to be you. <laughs> no, I, I, I gave it a shot and it wasn't for me. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just that, you know, it's a musical and I'm not really into musicals. <laughs> How do you feel about microwave steak? I'm not a fan of the idea of microwave <laughs> steak at all. What? Well, I was just reminded that um, there's a scene in the 86 fly with Jeff Goldblum where he teleports a steak. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. remember that. And he teaches, and that that steak tastes completely different than a regular steak, mm-hmm. both microwaved in the same way. On a molecular level, at a molecular level, it's gross. <laughs> it's different. It's been changed. Right, right. right. I remember that scene. Even yeah. though that is also how he teaches the computer to learn about flesh and meat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still very, it's still, okay, it still very much changes you in some way. Even if they perfected it, the teleportation Seth, idea? Yeah, the Seth beca- is different. Yeah. He teleports himself. He's different. He but feels that's in this better. movie, right? Yeah. Let's say like Star Trek teleportation. There was never issues with that. It was beam me up, Scotty, you know, and it worked, right? Okay, but space balls? He, his head was on backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, and Spaceballs hmm. is the more accurate representation of a government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> See, it's yeah, true. stop me when I'm wrong, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Now I'm trying to think about other movies that have teleportation and if how many of them go wrong versus right. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, like, it's been around for a long time. The idea of it is great. Yeah, we've been thinking about it but for a while. I would much rather have... Um, more funding into public transit systems, more funding into EVs, more funding into EV charging Flying stations. Cars, maybe maybe, but not teleportation. Like, yeah, we joke about it. Like, who's who's supposed to be on teleportation? Let's just do this now. Mostly because of the 405 traffic. But I would much rather invest in infrastructure that allows for better use and, and accessibility of transit of, of public transportation of um a better layout for freeways so it's not going they're not going through poor neighborhoods i mean the idea to work remotely wherever you can so that you're not driving when it makes no sense to drive to a job that you can do from your computer that's the whole point of improvements in technology is working smarter not continuing to damage the earth sure yeah so in in the going back to the movies real quick, do you th- <laughs> do you think that Goldblum in the end had any desire to continue trying to perfect his teleportation as when as he was transforming into the fly? Well, yeah. So he went a, fo- a few times in, right? He went a few times, and then 
when he had the fight scene because he did kidnap Gina Davis's character from the abortion clinic where she was about to have an abortion. He kidnapped her, brought her back to the house. Oh, right. That's where he busted through the window yep. or something. <laughs> that, was, that was a crazy scene. Yep. And th- that means he had to be wa- what? And then like, Cronenberg was a doctor. Was he? Uh, oh, you mean in the scene? Yeah. Oh, special tid little like uh, cameo. Cameo. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. I was going to say, so do you, so was he like scaling the roof? So this is in New York, isn't it? Isn't that where it takes place? Chicago? Chicago, New York. I thought I it was know. Chicago. Well, either way, that's a cities with high rise buildings. He must have been like, you know, running around like a superhero <laughs> on the top because he busts in through like he the was window. Super flat. <laughs> he definitely wasn't walking around the streets like that, right? I mean, he could have been going through back alleys because. The places that have huge buildings like that have also huge. Um, but then he's got a, he's carrying a a, a, woman, a woman with him. Yeah. Well, I imagine he was. Cause, how do I say this? We saw that he was able to crawl up on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. That's so what I'm saying. He has like all these like insect like abilities to go up ninety think, degree angles. I think he was doing some Spider Man like Hulk, you know, type shit. Fly man, he was like able to walk I said on he was the super fly. <laughs> Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly. That's um, yeah, that w- that was a crazy scene when he got her out of the abortion clinic. Yeah, so he takes her back to his house or back mm-hmm. to his loft or whatever his lab, and her crazy boyfriend comes and tries to help her because he was helping her get an abortion because he, I guess, still loved her in a narcissistic way, and because he, I don't know. But he was trying to help her, and uh, he goes to find her with a shotgun, and he and uh, Seth get into a fight, a bad fight, but not before Gina Davis's character goes into the teleportation device, into the pod, because Seth wants to have them, because he knows that she's pregnant, and he wants all three of them to go into the teleportation device, so that they confuse into one being, which is fucking psychotic. So that's what it was. Okay. Because I was also thinking, like, if two people go in there, then are they going to fuse together? Yes. Because it's not like, it's not like you're, you're going to get, auto, like, what is it? Auto, atomized? Atomized. Atomized. It's not like you're going to be broken down into atoms and you're going to have luggage tags on each one of your atoms so that they know which one goes to who. Bro, well... That's what I'm saying. That's why you're still so nervous about the idea of trying it. That's why I'm still so yes. <laughs> don't, I don't want to do it. Thanks for offering. I was saying I'm not if they go get that it. part you fit, do it. <laughs> like two people can go in and you just both teleport to the other side and you're intact when you when you arrive. <laughs> I love your beard. I do not want to wear it. <laughs> um, I don't think you want to walk around with boobs. So <laughs> so, so he wanted to get all three of them in there together so mm-hmm. that they could like form some sort of giant mutant fly creation. Correct. Human fly. But this guy <laughs> shoots up the pods and um saves the day, but then he teleports anyway and becomes this like ultra repulsive fly man mm-hmm. creature. Yeah. To where he can't even walk anymore. He's like crawling. And oh, this part broke my heart because inside it's still Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> because he's, he, like, she has the shotgun because at this point she's like out of the pod. She has a shotgun. She aims it at him. He grabs it with his insect hands and puts it against his own head so she can kill him. Oh. You think he was in pain or something, maybe? He, well, I would imagine because 
like your body, in order for your body to transition, metamorphosize in that way, it would have to expand, right? Because he went from being one shape to another. So that means that your bones would have to change. Yeah, Your exoskeleton true. would have to change, I guess, if you're an ant or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Like in, in werewolf uh, metamorphosis, yeah. they usually American are in a lot werewolf, of pain. Yeah. Right? In that movie, it hurts him mm-hmm. because his bones are elongating. His yeah. teeth are growing. Like I have wisdom teeth issues when they're just there, man. I can only imagine the pain. No wonder they're howling. So the um, no? <laughs> they're howling. That was a good one. It no, it went it over it. It was a bad one. It went over my head. Either way, so that was the end of the '86 version. Was it '86? I can't 86. remember. Yeah. So, um, it ended after that, right? Yeah. That was the ending. Yeah. Yeah, and that movie Boom, was really good. Shot. The effects, amazing, yeah. amazing effects, um, especially for its time. Like just so great, uh, juicy, juicy fucking special effects. Like just gross beyond belief like when he's basically coming out of his face is disgusting because it's like semen like texture oh yeah it was it was gross um they did a really good job they did a good job but then also when he was in transition from man to man fly he his face was still gold bloom-esque but also wide like a fly it was just yeah, they he, did a good job. Well, he also did a great job as an actor, like adding these little like Naturally. twitches and like mannerisms of a fly. You know, he was like Naturally. twitching and stuff like that. It was it was really good. He's an amazing actor. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. The Grundle. <laughs> the the fifty eight one was pretty good too. I mean, it, it's they both still stand. They're both great movies. Absolutely. I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it. Absolutely. I was kind of happy that we watched both of them together, you know, not necessarily back to back, but, you know, in close succession. Um, the There was definitely some some good parts in, in both of them. And to know that, again, there was like a lot of inspiration in this original one to create the Cronenberg one, but he just did his own little, you know, Mm -hmm. twist on it and Mm -hmm. kind of modernized it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, like that's the problem with like today we look at a lot of remakes and we're like, Oh, it sucks. But that's sort of what they're trying to attempt to do. But there is something that you, it's a hit or miss. You either get it or you don't. Right. Um, It's not just about adding pop culture references and stuff like that. Because those don't last long, but it's, it's, it's about the impact. So in the 58, uh fly the fly um it was more of a it was more of a discussion on the rapid growth of technology mm-hmm. right because the wife is seriously scared because of the technology all these advancements in in technology yeah versus and I mean, that's because it was when things started picking up right yeah i mean it, basically everybody even the cop was like that just sounds insane, you know? And yeah. like, even though I've seen it, they would think I'm insane if I said that, you Correct. know? like <laughs> Which also, which also uh, <laughs> touches on the corruption of the police <laughs> because they're like, yeah, let's just, how do we make this not her fault? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they all lie instead. But, um, but then the 86, the fly, uh, that touches on, you know, just disease and it coincided with AIDS. So it was, it was very poignant, I think. 1986. What else do you remember from that year? I, but, bro, I was four. You were four in 86? 
Yeah, so I think we lived in Maryland. Yeah, still. I was I was five in '86, so that was four. Yeah, uh, yeah, we lived six. in Maryland. We lived in Maryland for I think maybe two years. I have some memories there. None of them good. Some of them are were repressed at some point, um, and they're not now. But uh, we lived in Maryland. I remember the snow, and then I remember most importantly the drive back from Maryland, back to California, back to LA where we moved into our um to our place in mid city. Mm. I remember eating Oreo cookies and only licking the middles. This is in eighty six you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh only licking off the, the cream in the middles and putting the cookie parts you're back. Four years old and I got at in this trouble. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we moved back. Do you remember anything before? And I don't want to go into all that. That's not that's not this kind of a podcast. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like, how anything, does that make you feel, Heidi? Well, to be perfectly <laughs> frank, no, that's a lot of repression. I don't. I don't. Want to talk I, I, don't want, I don't want you to go into it. So, um, yeah, that's that's eighty six. Anyway, um, I was only five at that time, and I don't think I was allowed to oh, watch any of these kind of things. I got my yet. ears pierced while in the car driving to L.A. While driving well, in the car. Well, I wasn't car. driving. Right. Well, we had like a convoy. because That it seems was, more dangerous was... than ever because of the road bumps and everything shifting <laughs> around. It's like, hold still. I'm going to no, stick no, no, a needle no, no. in your ear. It was a convoy because we went to, we, we lived in Maryland and then we made a quick stop and stayed in Chicago for a while. And then we. Wow. We, from Maryland, you went to Chicago? Yeah. Because we had family there. <laughs> That's and, a long drive. Yeah, it is. Um, but uh, it was, it was, we went to Maryland, we went to Chicago then we had a convoy. It was like us, and my mom had this little green hatchback Corolla, and then it was um, her friend that had like this minivan, like a, like a, like the van in seventy four's Texas Chainsaw, like oh, really? that kind of van, yeah. And so we drove, you know, and I remember vividly, like we're stopped in the side somewhere, somewhere along the way, and I'm getting my ears pierced. That's why I have two holes. One is wrong, and one is so correct. you went to a place, not you weren't no, no, in no, the no, vehicle no. in the car. Oh my. <laughs> so what car. did they do it was just a needle yeah that's what i'm saying that seems cube. more dangerous than yeah well like... they're wrong like if you see each lobe has two piercings <laughs> one right next to the other because one was done in the car when i was a kid oh and man then the, and then it closed up and the other was done secretly at the sloss and swap meet so whose idea was this your mom's i think so. well like, i don't think it was my four-year-old idea it my wasn't like, your idea right, right? Let's do it. Let's get our ears pierced while we're driving in a van. Well, we weren't driving. We were pulled off on the road somewhere. Okay, so it wasn't... But we were in the car. Motion. No, it wasn't in motion. Okay, okay. When I was psychotic, maybe we are. I mean, I that's the picture I got. How much trauma can one kid take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the second set is from... I secretly got them pierced at the Slauson Swap Meet because my friend Nancy used to live down the street from there. Tell me a fly story, like a, a time where you had, I don't know, had to deal with some sort of fly or flies or parts of flies. Have you had a fly fly into your mouth? I've had bugs fly into my mouth, like maybe not necessarily the kind of fly that flies around. Like a house fly? Yeah, not, I don't think so. Not oh, a house fly. I have a story. I almost broke my finger trying to kill a fly because I had a dish rag and I went to try to hit it, but my index finger was out. And when I went to hit it on the floor, I hit it, I uh, the dish rag hit the floor and so did my index finger. And I had swat it with such force that I felt like I almost broke my finger. Now we know why your finger's hurting. You've been complaining about this. and This now didn't happen recently. Yeah, but it must have been like 
residual. You know, it happened. And <laughs> Three years just... later, my finger hurts. Wait, you're you did that three years ago? Yeah. Really? Yeah. At yeah, when I lived in Inglewood. Oh okay. Just... I don't know what this is. I think this is from my finger. I think the tip of my index finger is hurting, honestly, because of um, TikTok. Because I was, I was, <laughs> I was so laying here, for you and say. I was like, "Oh!" You're, you're, and I noticed that I hold my phone like this. Yeah, so you're basically cramping up your hand muscles because you're, <laughs> you're throwing up gang signs while you're <laughs> holding your phone. What's wrong with your east side? No, we don't want to alienate anybody. But this was like this. This was one that I had to learn right away because this is. Um, he who shall not be named. Yeah. Okay. From there. Great. But I'm glad I can't do it because my finger hurts. That's great. Well, I'm not. It's not great that your finger hurts, but it's great that you're not throwing up gang signs anymore. What? I I never threw up gang signs. <laughs> what kind of hoodlum? <laughs> so the flies went in your mouth. No, I was asking you. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm glad I I've had bugs fly it. in my mouth, like you know, when I was young playing little league and baseball fields mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, I don't know about an actual house fly, but I did have a shoe fly. Uh, do you know a what? Shoe a, fly? Not, no, no, not <laughs> shoe fly. Not shoe fly. Horse fly. A horse fly. Do you know what a horse? <laughs> I think I might have to edit that out. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> a horse fly. Those. Bat fucking bastards. They're like evil. Have you ever? Mm-mm. They're giant. They're big. You mean like the poo poo flies? They're big. They're big flies. Okay. And they like bite you. And this horse fly. That's rude. I, I, I was swimming in a, a above ground pool at a neighbor's house in Massachusetts. And I it was like flying around the pool. And it, they land on you and they like bite you. And it like kind of like it leaves a big red mark and shit. I don't think I've seen and those around. one time it was flying around. And what I did is I dove underwater to avoid it. And the everybody else was like the fly went into the water like after you. Oh and I pop God. up and I didn't know. But they were like, damn, that thing like went underneath <laughs> trying to get you. And uh, I don't know. Also by beaches. I don't know if it's on the West Coast as much. But on the East Coast, especially in the northeast i remember large flies that kind of fly around between you know when you're walking from like where the a house or a cottage would be and then you go to the beach down the little pathway right but in between there's like that grassy kind of that's an east coast thing i think uh, i i it's not here <laughs> yeah okay it's not here bro so there's this, <laughs> there's these little like grassy uh b- Little trees or you know bushes or whatever, and I don't know why. But I know I've like seen jaws. Like, yeah, exactly. Martha's Vineyard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those flies—they're fucking brutal. I want to go to Martha's Vineyard. I've heard bad things lately. Well, yeah, that's because there's racist ass governors trying to make a play for the White House, and they thought it would be a good idea to kidnap refugees. And put and and displace them even more. Anyway, I mean, I have nothing else to say about this. I dig the fuck out of the movie. I, I didn't know there was a fly too. I'll watch that. There's so what I found out and is the three. 
I don't know about three. They're in, okay, so in the 1958 saga, there's a 1959 version. Again, it's in black and white. That's the fly, the return of the fly, which stars Vincent Price. And the premise is very similar to the remake, or not remake, but the part two of the 80s fly version. The kid uh-huh. grows up, Philip, mm-hmm. Philippe, Philippe, and Philippe and Vincent Price. Try to perfect the pods. See, I told you he knew what he was fucking doing. <laughs> and Boom. shit happens where they put Philippe in, and apparently Philippe gets fucking turned into a half fly, half man creature. Did they learn <laughs> nothing from the first? <laughs> um, it's so like that- it's like that person. I don't know who said it. It was like probably a vine at some point, but it was taken one, taken two. By the time taken three comes on, just put a bell on her. Like, do they not learn from the first movie? Yeah. Make sure there's no flies in the vicinity. Well, and taken, did they ever find that cat? Oh no, the cat's in. Is he's hanging out with the guy from Willy Wonka? <laughs> Mike TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're best friends now. That um, that cat thing though, like, the movie was great. Everything was. It was good. There were good movies, but that cat is like the most haunting thing about the entirety of the movie because it's like, okay, what happens when you no longer have a body and your consciousness but, is still floating around somewhere, but meowing? You wouldn't meow because there would be cat. no vocal cords because the particles are. Then what meowed? Exactly. That's the point. It's like. Is fict- a cat. It's fiction. Like assembled. It's fiction. Not in this conversation. Is the cat <laughs> assembled somewhere halfway between dimensions? No, that's the whole point. It's the same thing in Willy Wonka. The kid wouldn't have been talking while he was like being transported because you're broken down. You're not in human form anymore. You're well, like also in, in Willy Wonka, my TV gets shrunk. We wouldn't be able to hear him. Yeah, <laughs> like the little mini fly in Help the fifty. Okay, but let's talk about this. In the 58 fly, right? When that happened, the, though, the I want to say real quick. The fly with the man face. Yeah. And the man arm. Uh-huh. Okay. When the cop and Vincent Price finally see that a spider is about to eat the man, the fly man. Yeah. He, he, he picks up boulder. almost a boulder <laughs> and smashes so, it. So, I think the reason he do had to do that. Do you not pick up the... F- Spider? No, but here's the thing. That whole scene was set up very slapsticky and like a cartoon. It almost like became, uh, uh, I don't know, like a... a, a it, it became what's campy. The, what's but... the three three stooges? You know, it was like very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Because um, So that's the whole point. Him picking up an oversized boulder almost makes sense there because it was... It became like this, it started off with this blood on this press and this dun-dun-dun, murder. And then it was like, help me, help me. I was... <laughs> Benny Hill music. <laughs> no, I was doing all oh, Looney, Looney Tunes. Um, so <laughs> I was reading on IMDb that those two characters... Kept like it took forever to film that scene because they kept cracking up. Of at course, it. <laughs> I mean Help it. Me. it it's, Help it was. It, it did kind of change the mood for a little bit. Um, so I wonder if the fly too. If Vincent Price is married to his sister-in-law, I didn't get that far, um, but who knows? And that would prove your little that theory. Me, and then I'd be like. Bitch, I told you. I fucking told your ass. So the Fly 2 in the 80s version 
obviously doesn't have the Vincent Price character, but it's the same premise where the the Gina Davis character obviously must have the child because the child is the son of uh, Grundle, and he <laughs> you are a child, the son of Grundle, son of Taint. <laughs> <laughs> and he, but um, what if follows in his footsteps? Yeah, but what if this baby? was actually conceived after he went through with the fly, went through the tra- the pod and- with the fly. That would and be the, And the kid has some kind of Deformity. fly genes, and they it's just not visible, you know? And what if he then goes himself through the pod, even if he see- cleans it up and there's no fly in there, what if he goes through the pod, and just because it's in his DNA, he becomes a fly? That's the origin story of Flyman, the greatest superhero of all time. The greatest superhero of all time is the the Tick. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Flyman's origin story, okay? And Flyman is it's, fly. He's he's got the moves. Fly. Yeah, <laughs> he walks around pimping on pimping and pimping, <laughs> pimping, <laughs> pimping, pimping all day, every day. Come on, I'm going to go home. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go home. All right. How far is your home? I don't need a pod to get there. Okay. All right. Well, Help me. Help me. <laughs> this is fun that we did the double whammy and, uh, you know, two, two. Double fisting these motherfuckers. I <laughs> yeah, like right. It. I like it. Well, sometimes it's necessary to do the remake in a. In a yeah, and for a, sure. I think you know, we did the same with Carrie, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Hmm. We did the the Carrie. We did those three movies, uh, that part two and the remake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this rage, was really Carrie fun. Carrie two kind of fucking movie was that? Oh man, so two thousands. <laughs> My nineties tattoo is going to come to life, and I'm going to telekinetically set your ass on fire. <laughs> I think it was the two thousands, wasn't it? But uh, okay, but it, yeah, we all. I mean, you you don't have tattoos, but we all have. Way to call me out. Um, Shit. Nobody knows what's underneath. Okay, you have a tattoo on your penis and it's a flower. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But everybody, I think, who has tattoos from the 90s, we all have that prerequisite. Either barbed wire or tribal tattoo or Chinese or Japanese lettering and or maybe a butterfly. And many have tram stamps. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of those existed in Carrie the Rage 2 or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to go uh, listen to that episode, it's available on our channel. And uh, leave us some comments or feedback on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Just trying to segue, you know. Into saying goodbye? Flexing on my segues. I don't know. I don't need to say goodbye. I'm still here, but you want to leave. So, you know. Use the bathroom. I had like four cups of coffee. Okay. Then go ahead and use the bathroom. And we'll call it a day. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, definitely. Um, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you appreciating <laughs> me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you to everybody out there listening. You know what to do. Just uh, follow us, like, and subscribe. And, uh, you know, holla. Holla at your boy. So, uh, get on our website and submit a movie. Let me know. Let us know what you want us to watch next. I think we have some things lined up that that homie Mike has been uh, submitting. So we have two movies to do. 
that he's required. He's required. Required. Requested. requested. Yeah. We like when people submit movie requests because uh, if not, we we kind of have our own little lottery system on Hun right now and how we're picking the movies. Um, but if you request a movie, uh, we gladly will, you know, absolutely look into it. Absolutely. Um. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> After these messages, we'll, we'll be, be right. right. Wait, 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 wait. That's trademarked. <laughs> back. <sighs> back and back. <laughs> Are you crazy? All right. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com. Or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. <laughs>